Welcome into this special crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Montreal Canadiens podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making both of our Locked On podcasts your first listen of the day. For everyone on the Habs feed, my name is Armando Velez from the Hockey News, and you can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And today's episode is brought to you by fan dual sportsbook official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more right now new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed visit fando.com slash locked on to get started and very thankful to be doing this crossover edition with the host of locked on canadians scott matla scott great to get great to be getting together with you my friend Yes, I am. I'm always excited to do crossover episodes because there's only so much I know about other teams from what I see from the outside. Uh, And it's always good to bring, you know, an idea of what in the heck are the Canadians doing in their offseason and their drafting and their free agency to the other side, because there is so much more going on when you are as deeply ingrained in one team or another like both of us are. So I'm always happy to be here and to join in. Yeah, and and it, it's crazy because uh, when when you think about what these two teams have gone through as far as direction, as far as the last uh, two seasons especially, and it, it's funny because last season there was a storyline for every single game that the Florida Panthers and Montreal Canadiens. If you, it's it's more than just the goals that the Florida Panthers scored on the December 29th game. Barkov was coming back from pneumonia and he got a hat trick in the first period. The second one was the night after the whole Paul Maurice, uh, Francois St. Laurent, uh, beef that went on. And then Sergey Bobrovsky pulls, uh, his, his groin. And then that was the start of Alex Lyons' first stint as far as stretch of games. The sec, the March 16th game one was the f- seven goals in the first period by the Panthers. And then the, the last one was when Sergey Bobrovsky comes in with a, doesn't play due to a non-COVID illness. Alex Lyon, that's the start of the second game of the 6-1-1 one, one stretch for the Florida Panthers to make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So there's a storyline for every single game. But last offseason, excuse me, last season, excuse me, the Montreal Canadiens had the Florida Panthers first-round pick coming into this season. And there was all the, the storylines of Oh man, if the Florida Panthers don't make the postseason, there's a possibility that the Habs could get Connor Bedard with that pick. Uh, what's the, what, what? What is the process now of now that you see that we know what happened as far as what they did with that pick, getting Alex Newhook in a trade? But what's now the process now that everything has been settled down? The biggest thing for this team is building foundations in what they're doing here. In that. They've built the prospect pool really well with picks through trades, shipping out other pieces. Kent Hughes has done a really good job of, and I'm going to, it's going to sound mean, but is the best way to describe it is cleaning up the messes of the previous regime that was in front of him, getting rid of Mike Hoffman and retaining no salary. Rem Pitlick was traded, no salary retained. Joel Edmondson was traded, slight salary retention, got back Jeff Petrie, got picks, prospects, et cetera. Uh, in the trade to get rid of Hoffman Pitlick traded Petrie away again. He's done a good job of just getting space for younger players here, because that's what the Canadians are heading towards. There's still some veterans on this team uh, from Mark Bergman's era. Uh, you have David Savard, you have uh, Josh Anderson, Brendan Gallagher, et cetera, there. And Sean Monahan who came over in 
uh, a trade that Kent Hughes made there. It's they're doing a lot of just retooling on this. And the biggest thing is they want to build good habits and good foundation this year is going to be, you know, highlighting can any of these veterans be traded for anything? Can they trade David Savard? Can Josh Anderson be traded and open up more room for younger guys who are coming along there? They got rid of Ben Sherratt in that trade with Florida, ended up with the first-round pick. Obviously, they traded that for Alex Newhook, who they like quite a lot there as they take on 2019 first-round reclamation projects. Kirby Doc worked out pretty well, and mm-hmm. they seem to like Newhook a whole lot, and I've liked what I've seen from the preseason this entire year, they're probably going to pick in the top top 12, bottom 12, whatever you want to call it, of the NHL draft this year. But if they make those improvements and build that foundation, that's more than worth it as they continue to just take those next steps forward. Yeah, and 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 also other other players who are no longer on the team. Jonathan Duran signs with the Colorado Avalanche. Paul Byron uh, retires as well. But one thing that doesn't get talked about enough as far as a three-team trade uh, with the with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the San Jose Sharks is what Kent Hughes was able to do with what he got back. I mean, Casey DeSmith comes in the trade. Jeff Preacher, you mentioned him earlier as well. But the ability to flip those as well gets gets a... Uh, Gets Gustav Lindstrom, uh, even though even though that's more of a sprinkle as far as the as far as a, a prospect and a fourth round pick, pick in in it. You get t- Casey Dismiss, send him to Vancouver for Tanner Pearson, even though there was a lot of uh, bad blood between Tanner Pearson and the front office due to medicals as well and a third round pick, and then Rhett, Rhett Pitlick as far as the original trade for a second round pick as well. And you spoke about rebuilding the prospect pool i mean i looked at the rankings as well for what what montreal was the hockey writers have have them at nine daily faceoff has them at nine ep ringside has them at 12 and our own locked on nhl prospects with heidi halakash and sebastian high have them at number six so it's about you know it's it's from stanley cup final to like number one overall pick and and trying to get these pieces all together i mean Two two consecutive years in the top five of drafting. Yurov Slavkovsky last year, even though he was, battled injuries and was up and down with Laval. Get David Reinbacher, even though he's going to start the year with us uh, um, in, in Switzerland as well. But then you have NHL ready guys like a Caden Gooley as well, and then also some guys who are going to um, who Laval. I feel like is going to have a big focus this year in in, in guys like Philip Messar, uh, Joshua Wall. And, and even guys like Logan Mayu, despite everything off the ice as well. And even one prospect um, defenseman that's currently in NCAA and in late Hunstead as well. So what, as far as what you said about Kent Hughes um, fixing Mark Bergevin's mess, I mean, you, you got you got to be quite pleased with what he's done in just sh- a short time. The Canadians prospect pool is, and I think this is their biggest strength is, they lack a true superstar piece in there. Lane Hudson is very, very close if he's not there in the eyes of many people. But it is deep in terms of just quality guys with NHL ceilings on there. Joshua Wash would be a middle six NHL four, and I think he's a lot closer than people think. Philip Mashar has really fun upside. Lane Hudson's going to be great. Uh, David Reinbacher, from what I saw in this preseason at the rookie showcase in Buffalo and in preseason games, he's so steady. He is a nice calming presence he's not going to wow you with flash like a, maybe like a cal mccarr or someone else's but he's just going to be solid back there and one of the like some of the names that are you know over in russia right now or in europe adam engstrom's playing top pairing minutes in the shl and he came out of nowhere looks to be taking that next step next year bogdan kuniushkov is playing 25 minutes a night in the khl as a 19 year old it is it is 
there's so much depth to it that eventually pieces, they're not going to be able to get everybody into the lineup. That's just fact of the matter. But they've given themselves so many opportunities that this previous team or this these future teams here can have so many cracks at the apple. Owen Beck's going back to the OHL. Jacob Fowler's in the NCAA this year. They have so much talent that if it all if it all works out, best case scenario, they are just loaded to the gills with young talent and prospects in there, which is what they want. And if not, if they don't have space for it, they can trade that and make moves to make their team better. They've done a really just solid job at giving themselves a support system. The Laval Rocket are stacked this year. This most stacked between prospects and talented veteran pieces that I've ever seen on this team. And they were one win away from the Calder Cup final two years ago. They're going to be a very fun team to watch. The Canadians might not be enjoyable every night. The Rocket are going to be on the ice at any time. You're going to see four to five prospects that have NHL asp- legitimate NHL aspirations. And that's all you can ask for in a development system there. And I think that's Mark Bergman had started doing that. Credit to him on there. And now Ken Hughes has continued that and then some with the veterans he was able to ship out and somehow not retain anything on and getting first round picks and getting higher draft picks and trades. It's it's a re- I'm not going to say masterclass, but it's a pretty good learning lesson on how to rebuild after abject disaster, basically. Yeah, and 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 the whole picks by volume as well is definitely helpful. Especially we spoke, we you spoke about Joshua Waugh, a, a, a fifth round pick, and then Owen Beck, a second round pick, going back to uh, Peterborough as as well for for this up, upcoming uh, season as well. But we're going to transition over to segment number two. We're going to flip it over to Scott for his Florida Panthers related questions that he has on his mind. But first, we are going to tell you all about FanDuel. A snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-under, and more. And with the NHL season coming up, you if you want to put any bets on on the Florida Panthers to get back to the Stanley Cup final, or or even if the odds aren't the best for the Montreal Canadiens and you want to put them there, FanDuel is your place to go. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so it is. It's over to me now, which is always a, a fun thing here. The biggest thing with the Florida Panthers is, and I wondered this last year, and it's the one thing that working out and about people are like, oh, you you're on a hockey podcast. What do you think about Florida? What do you think about this? And I and the the biggest questions here are, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the second thing that is on our lovely little banner on the side here is, can Sergei Bobrovsky do what he did in the playoffs again? And because they got into the playoffs, thanks to Alex Lyons, incredible hot streak at the end of the season. And then Sergei Bobrovsky in the playoffs took the reins up and was about as good as you could have asked for anybody to be in the playoffs and just came up short against Vegas. And that was without Spencer Knight, who I know is going through player assistance. And it's good to see him coming out of that ready to go again. Is there some concern that a Bobrovsky isn't able to give you 
a, a, a regular good quality start here that with the other injuries around the team here, this is a Panthers team who might start real slow out of the gate or hit a snag at some point in the season. There, The possibility is definitely there, and it's been something that's – and th- that has been a question for the last two seasons, even even after they won the President's Trophy because, I mean, they were never going to pay Mackenzie Weger, uh, the, the money that he wanted, especially due to the cap situation as well. So it's like what's going to – what's how is the blue line going to also protect the goaltender as well? And then with the – and then, you know, before we even – before the Stanley Cup final even ended, there was a whole bunch of confidence that, okay – Everyone, everyone's going to be, everyone's going to be ready. You have a whole bunch of cap space to bring in, bring in guys. And then, oh, though the, uh, in, in the, in the exit meetings, the, there's the news of Brandon Montour and Eric Blood being, being, being that, that are going to miss the beginning of the, of the season. And that is, is huge as far as Sergey Bobrovsky facing more, more shots and more high danger chances as well, more than likely. But also there's for, for the blue line as well. Um, the Panthers were second in scoring from from the blue line. They were second just behind the Carolina Hurricanes. But as far as the goaltender goes, if we're just focusing on that, I mean, that's what you signed for Sergey Bobrovsky for in the first place, right? To 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 perform in the postseason. We saw a huge stretch, especially in the second and third round against Toronto and Carolina, where he just stood on his on his head throughout the the, the last two rounds. I mean, nine fifteen save percentage in the postseason versus a nine oh one in the regular season. So just. You, you, you can't it's not something that i predicted at all and even after even after game three uh, of the first round i was saying you got to go with the guy who got you there and alex lyon right and but uh, i mean paul maurice is, is he, he 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 know he knows his guys he knows how how their preparation as well and sergey Bobrovsky. i mean i got to see him uh on tuesday night in person against the tampa bay lightning in a neutral site game in orlando Look fantastic. Um, the only goals he gave up were were special teams goals a, as well, and especially especially during the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, spe- specifically, there was a stretch where he went fifty five for fifty five at at five on five in 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 in, in game one of the, of the of the Eastern Conference Final, and just w- when when that when when Sergey Bobrovsky is locked in, it, it's just he he's he goes back to one of the best goaltenders in the world. But if 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 it, if he doesn't perform up to par. Spencer Knight has looked a lot better in the in the in the in in, in the preseason coming coming in, uh, and and you and definitely goalie as far as the first few preseason games, I haven't had anything bad to say about the goaltending as well. And Anthony Stellars, uh, he 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 had he's had a one start. He's he's had the start against the Carolina Hurricanes last Friday, played well as as well, and he had a nine twelve save percentage in his career despite being a backup role and chances are spencer knight could start in the ahl because he's he's waivers exempt so if, if they decide to not start with three goalies spencer knight could get his reps in in charlotte and and still be ready if in case of an injury or or anything else so the and and the fact that the florida panthers add their goalie excellence department led by um, roberto luongo and robbie Tallis as well it's a it's a it's it's a department that's just so focused on on trying to get the best out of the guys and I mean and of course good GMs every draft even if your goalie department is deep you draft the goalie every single year in in, in the later in the later rounds to continue to build and to get people in there as well. And I guess my question with that is that you know okay they they have the guys they want to run with here they feel comfortable in that. 
this is a defense now that, like I said, Mackenzie Weger was traded previously. Radko Gudis is gone. Aaron Ekblad out to start the season. Brandon Montour out to start the season here. Who is anchoring that defensive core right now? And it, uh, like you said, scoring from defense. Everything starts with the defense from breakouts to defending the rush and everything else. What is Florida's kind of plan to deal with? It's not like it's one or two injuries where, okay, well, it is one or two, but like a, a few things here or there, it, it is a lot all of a sudden to have to counteract there going into this season. It's not like they're replacing, you know, limited time players. These are, those were guys who played a lot of heavy, tough minutes for the Panthers and even more so in the playoffs last year. Yeah, and um, they brought in Oliver ekman Larson, who got bought out by the Vancouver Canucks, who, former captain, first-round pick, another um, who the, the Panthers have been known for, just like the Montreal Canadiens, getting getting uh, reclamation projects of first-round picks. I mean, Brandon Montour was a first-round pick. Sam Bennett, Sam Reinhart was one. And now Oliver ekman Larson in, in this in this equation as, as well as, as far as bringing him in and signing him to a one-year deal. Uh, possibly trying to get a, a bigger deal somewhere else. I think Oliver ekman Larson's only a one-year thing for for the Florida Panthers, and and being on a team that has won a little bit uh, in the last few years, it's definitely gonna help help his case as far as getting a a better contract as well. And and Brendan Montour was your quarterback on the power play. He had the most points in a single season in Florida Panthers history last year, passing Keith Yandel. And I'm not saying Oliver ekman Larson is gonna get anywhere near that, but to start quarterback in the power play early on and being on that top pair with Gus Forsling, who the Florida Panthers has have been really great on the waiver wire. I mean, getting Gus Forsling a few years ago from the Carolina Hurricanes, Josh Mahura from the Anaheim Ducks, and he uh, and it was it was a group. It, the defense core last year, every lineup you could basically almost put it in pen on what the defense uh the defense pairings were going to look like because they barely barely changed last year. Yeah, Mark Stahl's no longer here. He's with the Philadelphia Flyers now. But then you bring in a Nico Mikola, who's more of the defensive defenseman, who's a big body, uh, very, very great. Um, who's gonna guy who's gonna who you, you're gonna rely on battling in the corners as as well, like you said, defending the rush. But but those are those are the guys that you are going to be relying re, relying on. Dmitry Kulikov is a guy who's been away from the Panthers for the last seven seasons. Uh, he, he's crazy to think that he's in his 14th year. Now he's back with the Panthers, even got his number back, number seven, after Radko Gus signed with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, and playing on the right side, he even though he's a left-handed um, shot, the Panthers are full of left-handed defensemen that they have. And my, they also signed Mike Riley, who got bought out by the Boston Bruins as well. So... A lot of guys who didn't necessarily work out in different situations that are coming here, know, knowing that the Panthers are serious when it comes to winning. I think, I think it's, I think it's great, and I think those six defensemen are to start the season. I, the thing is, when it comes to the defense core about who plays and who doesn't, the, as far as starting the season, there's not many questions right now. The question is, who's going to be the seventh defenseman to start? The questions are going to be, who's going to be the guy who's going to be left out? once those two guys do come back right but as far as if, if they can if they are 500 by the time one of them come back it's going to be a good situation for the, for the panthers and with how the 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 panthers system is in relentless forechecking and breaking up in the neutral zone and and um and defending the oppos opposition from generating any speed they're going to have to ask more of their forwards to protect 
the the defense the the defenseman and the goaltenders as far as that because you bring in an Evan Rodriguez uh, who 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 has really blossomed over the last two years as well and the the top six. I'm, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of the top six so far. We still don't know if Mackie Semiskevich is going to be part of the mix as well as he's making a last-ditch effort to make the team as well, just coming out of the University of Michigan, signing his ELC this year. Anton Lundell took a little bit of a step forward in, in that as well. So you're going to have to rely on your forwards as well for defense, and they have a Selkie Trophy winner in their captain and Alexander Barkov as well. So we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we are going to discuss more of our expectations for the 2023-24 season coming up next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Indeed. And Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed suites of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessment, and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed does the hard work for you. Sponsor job, boom, instant match shows candidates whose resume on Indeed fit your job description immediately after you post. With instant match, you start hiring fast. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on and start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Third and final segment here on this special crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Montreal Canadiens podcast. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Canadiens your first listen of the day so scott i know you basically said what the expectation was for the montreal canadians to of what what they're trying to do as far as building their prospect pool but as far as the team this year for the most part there's a lot of returning guys but there's a little bit of a caveat when it comes to returning guys what and what i mean is as far as man games lost in in the in the nhl the Canadians were towards the top, and I actually looked at how many how many players played 82 games. And I know you know this answer, but for my listeners, the only player who played 82 games was the captain Nick Suzuki. And you're you're you you're missing a you missed the top defenseman for in David Savard for 20 games. Kirby Doc missed a lot a lot of times a, a lot of time. Arbor Jack guy. Um, missed the rest of the season and i know you you actually spoke a lot about mike matheson in our locked on nhl preview how how important he's going to be as far as a, a top pairing uh defenseman the former uh panthers uh first round pick as well and let's not forget a superstar who can possibly score 50 goals in cole caulfield as well so how how are you viewing the the canadians as far as health as far as what their ceiling could be if healthy so one of the moves they made this offseason was they fired like the entire upper training staff, completely started anew uh, and went to New York and took their training staff who had not had as many guys missing time lower in the league in man games lost because the last two years, the Canadians have led the NHL in man games lost. 
it's been a war of attrition and we can't really figure out what it was. And eventually they went, it's unacceptable to have this happening. New training staff. The biggest thing is I understand is that not every player is going to play 82 games and that is okay, but they're missing two or three here or there, maybe fine. If they're missing 10, 15, 20, 25 rest of the season, indefinite kind of things like we had last year, you never get any rhythm established here. And the biggest thing for the Canadians this year is that if you can stay healthy, you're going to see a lot more guys hit their next. When Mike Madsen was healthy, he was in near point per game on defense. When Caulfield was healthy, he was scoring at a rate that would have put him at 46 goals last year. Nick Suzuki, you know, set a new career high in points, and he did it without Caulfield. He did it without Kirby Doc. Josh Anderson missed time. There is not a player on this team that did not miss significant time who was a key piece of that. Brendan Gallagher out for a while. Sean Monahan basically played about a month and a half and then suffered a groin injury while trying to come back injured as injured in another lower body part out for a while. David Savard out for a while. Joel Edmondson out for a while. Mike Madsen had hernia surgery. Jack, I dislocated his shoulder. Caden Gooley had a knee injury. It's the list goes on and on that if they can just stay healthy and allow these younger guys to hit their next plateaus and development goals here, you're going to see this team just take that next step. I don't need them to be pushing for a playoff spot this season. I need them to be competitive and healthy. And then next year, take that next step forward, kind of, get closer and then be pushing for that playoff spot there. Once you shed a couple of these last contracts there. And I think that they've got the guys in place to that. My, my expectations for the season are keep your young guys healthy, find out what your Lefkowski can do when he is fully healthy and as quality line mates all year round. Can Cole Caulfield continue to be a dominant scorer, which he doesn't show any signs of slowing down at this point right now. And just stay healthy in front of your goaltenders. Because there's question marks. Samuel Montembeau has been very good. Jake Allen's on the downside here. And we don't know what Caden Primo is at the NHL level. But the expectation is be healthy to give yourself the best chance to analyze your already very young team. And I know Florida has had guys who we talked in the last segment. They're missing two of their top two defensemen. They have guys coming off a serious playoff injuries like Matthew Kachuk. The expectation is for the Panthers is to probably make another deep run again, I would imagine, even with these injuries. If they can overcome that slow start, when these guys come back, it's like getting big free agent signings again, it feels like. Yeah, no no, no doubt. It, it's it's funny because the Panthers kind of went through that last season with Anthony Duclair being their trade deadline acquisition, quote-unquote. And and this uh, this was a team that made zero moves at the deadline. They were they didn't have any any draft any draft tap capital to give as far as trying to add someone. And they were right on the bubble of of the postseason. So it's like, do you sell a, an expiring contract in Radko Goose to try to get a, a pick back? But the chances of a pick after twenty the number twenty four playing over hundred games is super low. So it's like, is it worth uh, giving up? giving up uh, for, for for something that Racco Gudis wasn't going to be like a first round uh, for get going to get a first round return for the Panthers. That was just not going to happen as well. So for, the, for the Florida Panthers, it's just continuing to build four seasons uh, in a row. If you count the Stanley cup qualifiers that they have made the, the postseason, that's the longest streak in their, in their franchise's history. They're going into their 30 year anniversary season and, the, the fan base is pumped. I, I mean, there it, it's it's as far as attendance at training camp th this season, 
rookie showcase that happened in Estero, Florida the other the other day as well. And even in their neutral site game, you saw a whole bunch of Panther fans. So there is there's a lot of excitement when it comes for a team coming off a a Stanley Cup final. Their season tickets, as far as as far as uh, as far as their lower lower bowl, have all sold out as far as that. So it, 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 the whole thing is if you build if you build it, they will come. Or as they say in the bench warmers, if you build it, nerds will come. But you you think like it's just continuing to build on what you call destination franchise and it's a word that i beat the dead horse with as far as that with great weather no state income tax in florida and, and it's gonna it's gonna i mean even joe thornton during the montreal canadians toronto maple leaf series the year before he signed outside of the series that he was playing he, he was playing and he was watching that florida tampa bay series and 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 liking what they had in store so it's just continuing to build the culture you have matthew kachuk and Alexander Barkov for seven more years coming into this year. So it's all about continuing to build on, on it. It doesn't need to be a Stanley Cup final or a championship, it, but it needs to at least be winning a round or two to, 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 to so still tell the NHL world that you are on the map. And I guess that's the thing is, so let me ask, where is Florida landing in a very competitive Atlantic division this year? I was going to say third before the injury to Andre Vasilevsky. Um, but now I'm, 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 I'm upping that a little bit as far as uh, I, I feel like they're, they're going to finish second in the division right behind Toronto. Um, and regardless of what the Toronto Maple Leafs do in, in, in the postseason, that we're not really getting there yet. But I feel like this is a this is a this is a regular season for the Toronto Maple Leafs to really try to to go all in and trying to get they already got the first round woes out of their system, but they're going to try to go even somewhere further, which the Panthers breaking their 26 year drought did as far as as far as getting getting that first round win and then building off that and 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 we saw we saw what happened there, but it's it, it's really about continuing to at least get that round um, uh, uh, winning around and and still and and still developing guys even though your prospect pool is one of the worst in the NHL I think I think one I, I think uh, elite prospects had them at like 26 Maxi Semiskevich is the best prospect they have Justin Sordis is up there as well Evan Naus uh but it's not guys who wow you as far as that. But it, but it's also taking advantage of the cheap contracts as well, like Mackie Semeskevich, uh, a guy like Grigory Denisenko as well, who's on a now a one-way deal for the Panthers on it um, for two years. So you got to continue to not only win, but make sure those two guys specifically uh, uh, develop into into NHL ready players and consistent everyday players too. So uh, that, that is going to do it for our crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Montreal Canadiens podcast. Thank you once again for making both of our podcasts your first listen of the day. And Scott, for my listeners, tell everybody where they can find you and your co-host online. Uh, well, you can follow the podcast at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, Locked on Canadians, wherever you get your daily podcasts on Google, Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. Uh, you can follow me at Scott Matla on Twitter. My co-host is at The Active Stick. 
Uh, we've got plenty of stuff coming out. We did a haters guide to the Atlantic division tonight. We do have a mailbag on Friday. We've got plenty of fun stuff coming up because the regular season is as of the time of this recording, seven days away. And I cannot wait for actual meaningful puck drop in a week. Yep. Very excited about it too. And for the Canadians listeners, you can follow me on, on Twitter at Monoman 12, follow the show account on, on it at, at LO underscore FLA Panthers and follow the show on YouTube as well. Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So Scott, thank you so much and uh, hope to connect with you soon, my friend. Thank you very much, man.